used to you would see a bumper sticker on many occasions that said it's hard to be a Christian but the benefits are out of this world well the thing is there's more to it than that sometimes it is hard to be a Christian let's face it in a world that's uh, pulling at us to go different ways and is trying to sow seeds of doubt and unbelief in our hearts uh, and to pull us away from our Lord uh, it's hard to uh, be a Christian, but there are benefits. You know, lots of companies offer benefit packages, and uh, uh, there'll be sometimes the benefits are as worth as much as what they're being paid with uh, health insurance and uh, retirement programs and all the different things that they offer. But the kingdom of God's benefits are wonderful. And it's not just a retirement program. They offer benefits and the kingdom of God offers benefits. Our Lord offers benefits. Yes, in the future, but also in the here and now. And we've been looking at the 103rd Psalm where David has told his soul to bless the Lord. And then he says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. And these are benefits that are ours today. And I'm just going to list them here for you. Who pardons all your iniquities. We talked about that last week. Who heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit. Who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion who satisfies your years with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. Those benefits start in the here and now. Being a Christian is not just getting some sort of a fire insurance policy. Uh, it has to do with living in a right relationship with our creator. And because of that, more in tune with his creation than we would ever be. And some of the benefits that he doesn't list here, but they are tied into that, are peace of mind, are uh, just knowing that uh, we have a hope that cannot be taken away from us. There are just so many benefits. But today we're going to be looking where he says, who heals all your diseases. We read in two different passages, one in the Old Testament, the gospel, not the gospel, but the book of Isaiah. And sometimes uh, I learned this past week, uh, Sharon told me that sometimes Isaiah is referred to as the fifth gospel. And I can see that because his crucifixion and the work that he did on the cross are laid out there 700 years or so before he went to the cross Isaiah described what was going to be happening. And so we uh, look to Isaiah to find out about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And I don't know if you've noticed, many times in the New Testament, the Old Testament is quoted. And it helps us to understand how we should be looking at the Old Testament. And here we see Peter in our reading today referring back 
to what Isaiah said. And he says, by his stripes, we are healed. And yes, that does mean healing from our sin sickness, but it also means healing now. Because it was the fall that brought sickness and things like that into the world. And when we are restored uh, in our right relationship with him, then there is a healing in a relationship. And then there's also healing available from God, physical healing, emotional healing, all sorts of healing, <laughs> healing for the brokenhearted, even it says. Well, this is a very important thing to me because it's a part of my salvation story. Some of you've heard it. Most of you have not, though. When I was a little boy, I wound up uh, running a fever every afternoon. They didn't know what was going on. They put me in, a ho in the hospital and stayed there a week. They sent me home, said, he's weird. Maybe he'll grow out of it or something like that. They couldn't find out what the problem was. But I would feel lethargic and draggy all the time. And then one morning... I was listening to the radio, waiting for the stories to come on like the Green Hornet. And I had to listen to this preacher. His name was Oral Roberts. Some of y'all remember him. But uh, he was talking and he said, now, if any of you are sick, I want you to lay your hand on the radio as a point of contact. And I'm going to pray for you and the Lord will heal you. I was a little kid, about five and a half years old. I didn't know any better. Hadn't been taught any different. So I did what this grown-up told me to do. And I went over there and I put my hand on the radio. And he prayed. And it was like electricity went all through my body. And all of a sudden, I felt great. And I never had any problem with that again. Now then. Some people would try to explain that away. I knew at that moment God was real, that God answered prayer, and that God had healed my body. And I didn't have that problem again. So, fast forward 20 years, and I'm trying to rationalize things away and be an intelligent human being that uh, is living in a scientific world that's a closed system where there's no intervention from the outside that there, if there was a God, he set this world to spinning and now he's just looking down saying, y'all be careful now, I hope you make it. And uh, that being about it, that's about, and that all religions uh, really were, all the major religions were really about the same thing. I was trying to buy into that. But I had a hard time doing it. And I really wanted in my heart to say, there is no God. This is all there is. But I could not because every time I would start to go that way, I would remember that moment when I was touched with God's power. And I would also remember something else in my hometown of Cleveland where there was a little girl. She was the younger sister of a classmate of mine, and she was diagnosed with bone cancer in her pelvic bones. And she was a little kid, and it was just so tragic. Her 
father had gotten saved. He was an alcoholic shade tree mechanic who got saved and came to know the fullness of God. And he started a little church and uh, he had done this before she was diagnosed with cancer. And so his church gathered and they prayed for this little girl. They just sent her home to die. They didn't have all this chemotherapy and stuff back then. And lo and behold, she got better and better and better. And she got well. And this little girl that wasn't supposed to make it a year was still walking around in Cleveland whenever I was there trying to say there is no God. And then I would remember if there wasn't a God who answered that prayer. So I, I believe, interestingly enough, my first church assignment while I was still in seminary was at a church that was filled with people who had come to know that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that the things that we read about in the Bible really are so. It's not something that's just kind of evolved into something else. And <clears throat> because they believed when we prayed together, people got healed all the time. It was amazing. And so that was confirmed along with a whole lot of other stuff. But I haven't seen it much since then, even when I preach about it and teach about it. But so why is that? I think we don't see much of this happening anymore because we just have been taught not to see it like I was at one point in my life. But I'll tell you, many times people pray and God heals and they just don't give him the credit. He's answered their prayer, but they won't recognize his answer to prayer. They say, well, the doctor's got me well. And that's not what's happened. They asked the Lord to forgive them and then immediately forgot about him. But he didn't forget about them. He answered their request. And so, but he gets no glory because nobody's looking for an answer to prayer. In fact, uh, because we've been taught that God doesn't do miracles anymore, we don't look for them. And if we looked for them, we'd see them around ourselves all the time, every day, because he does things to preserve us, to keep us. Uh, we don't have faith. One of the reasons why we don't see many miracles today in our own lives is because we just don't have faith. And we see all through the New Testament that God moves in answer to faith. It says in Mark, the sixth chapter, the second through the sixth verses, when the Sabbath came, he, speaking of Jesus, began to teach in the synagogue. And the many listeners were astonished, saying, where did this man get these things? And what is this wisdom given to him and such miracles as these performed by his hands? Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary and brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown and among his own relatives and in his own household. Now listen to this line right here. 
and he could do no miracle there except that he laid hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he wondered at their unbelief. James, Jesus' brother, says later on in uh, James, the first chapter, the fifth through the eighth verses, But if any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Now listen to this. But he must ask in faith without doubting, for the one who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. For that man ought not to expect that he will receive anything from the Lord, being a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. So, if you're asking and you're not asking in faith, don't expect the Lord to answer. Boy, you're really not expecting the Lord to answer anyway, are you? You're just saying words. So, but then... There's the, if you do believe, there's another section to this, and that is you must ask. Some people are too proud to ask. They'll know God can, they'll know God will, but because of pride, they just want to tough it out on their own. So we don't ask, and Jesus says, ask, and it shall be given to you. And again, his brother James says, you do not have because you do not ask. Uh, sometimes I see children who just don't want to ask. They want to hint. Uh, they'll come up and say, I sure am hungry. But they won't say, would you give me something to eat? They won't ask. They'll just make a statement. I sure am thirsty. Would you like a glass of water? I'm sure thirsty. But they won't ask. And some of us, just like our children, or as God's children, don't want to ask. So, uh, ask, you ask not, or you, you receive not because you ask not. You don't have because you don't ask. Well, let me tell you, God does still do miracles. God does still heal. And after the doctors and the nurses have done all that they can do, and after we have used all the latest technology and taken all the newest drugs, healing has to come from the Lord. And that's why we pray for the sick, because we don't limit how God works. We understand he has given people knowledge as far as medicine goes. He's given uh, the, the people that practice the healing arts uh, so much in our day and age that we should be so grateful for. But uh, they may be healed by medicine or by surgery or by some other course of treatment, or they may find healing through prayer by a miracle of the Lord. All these things are possible, and they're not mutually exclusive. If you find out that you're sick, you need to go to the doctor. That's the place to start. And sometimes people will just worry instead of going to the doctor. And they worry way too much. I don't know how many times. I'm, I'm one of these guys that I just go to the doctor to find out how many days I have left. You know, I mean, I just, uh, I, I just I'll just tough it out. And then I'll finally go to the doctor and I'll turn. Oh, pff, that's nothing, man. 
And I remember one, oh, I'm not going to go into details, but so many times I have just thought that uh, it was all over and just went to get confirmation more or less. And uh, then discovered that uh, it was just an inflamed nerve. Take this pill for three days and then it's gone. My goodness, there I'd been worrying for six weeks about how uh, this stuff was spreading. And it was just, just, an, just a pinched nerve that was able to get fixed so easily. My goodness. God uses doctors. God uses medicine in any means he deems right in any particular instance. That's not our call. We don't tell him how. We just need to ask. Okay? So what we are called to do is first of all, if you're sick, ask in faith and obedience for the Lord to heal you. And if someone else that you know is sick, as an emissary of Jesus, pray for them in faith. Our little boy, Joel, who's now grown and preaching in League City right now, he, when he was 10 years old, spent the night with a friend in a, a household that they had no money. And his friend's big brother had broken his foot and they couldn't afford to take him to the doctor. And so he was there in the room with them, just crying in pain into the night. And Joel said, you know, Jesus can heal that foot. And this 12-year-old boy said to this 10-year-old boy, really? He said, yeah, I can just pray for you and ask Jesus to heal you and he'll heal you. You want me to pray for you? 12-year-old said, yeah. So he prayed for him. And immediately, the little boy's heel of foot was well. That whole household came to the Lord because a little boy 10 years old was willing to trust that God does what he says he's going to do. And many times, God wants to use us. He sent out the disciples and said, go out, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons. That's what he told his disciples to do. And if we call ourselves Christians, the least, the, the least of the miraculous things that we see, Jesus, even in the midst of a lack of faith, was able to heal a few people, you see. And so uh, we should, as being emissaries, if we run across someone that's ill, be willing in faith to pray. Now, I know it gets scary, but whenever we're willing to do that, he's willing to honor that because he will be glorified through it. And if your heart is one that you're doing it to glorify him, he's going to honor that. Now, if you're sick, if you were sick and you're now healthy, give thanks to the Lord and give him the glory for pulling you through. If uh, your cancer is in remission, give thanks to the Lord. If you nearly died after an accident, but somehow survived, give thanks to the Lord and give him glory for what has happened. And then remember that any healing in this life is limited and temporary. And sometimes the Lord's answer to our prayer of faith is no. And we need to be willing to accept that and handle that in the right way. And when we handle his nose in the right way. He is glorified and we 
grow. Paul, Paul wound up uh, with a thorn in his flesh, it says. He asked the Lord three different times to do it, to heal him. And here's a man that had seen so many people healed who had it got to the point to where handkerchiefs that he had touched uh, would, when they were, if they touched someone else, they would be healed. I mean, he had seen miraculous things happen. And here he is with something going on in his own life. And the Lord says, no. And then he makes it clear that his power is perfected in our weakness. And Paul needed that confidence that the Lord accepted him as he was. And he needed that confidence that the worse off he was, the more God was glorified when good things happened through him. Well, our ultimate healing, our ultimate healing comes when we're raised immortal and incorruptible. And that happy resurrection day when Jesus comes and it says the dead in Christ will rise first, then at last we'll be totally completely and finally healed once and for all. Every time I think about this, I remember a dear friend of ours. His first name was Dave. His wife's name was Debbie. Dave had ALS. He led a, uh, a Bible study in our home and he lived about a half a block away. And his uh, wife, Debbie, would load him up in a wheelchair and push him down a bike trail to our house for him to lead a great Bible study. And he was one of the greatest witnesses to the Lord you ever saw just by the way that he handled his illness and his faithfulness in it. And he and his wife together were such uh, a, uh, an example as to what it means for better, for worse, for richer, for poorer, in sickness and in health. And we watched Dave just fade away. This guy who had been an Air Force fighter pilot wound up being so weak. It got to the point where he could, he could just puff on a uh, computer, some sort of a computer gadget, and he would write, birthday cards and things like that to people when he couldn't even use his arms anymore. And it got so that was the only way that he could speak and communicate was through puffing on this thing. But he kept it up and he kept loving his daughter and he kept loving his wife and they kept loving him until he went home to be with the Lord. So whenever I uh, remember this part of it, I remember a song called, uh, I Can Only Imagine. I Can Only Imagine by Mercy Me. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when, you're, when, you're, when your face is before me. I can only imagine. The chorus, surrounded by your glory, what will my heart feel? Will I dance for you, Jesus, or in awe of you be still? Will I stand in your presence, or to my knees will I fall? Will I sing hallelujah? Will I be able to speak at all? 
I can only imagine. Well, first time I heard that song, I thought, Dave can dance now. Dave can dance. People say, do you believe in divine healing? And I'd have to say, it's the only kind. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. Lord, as we bow before you at this time, we uh, just uh, pray for you to give us the faith to believe that the things that you did back then, you want to use to bring glory to your name in this world today that needs you so much and yet has turned its back so far away from you. Give us faith that we might manifest your glory in this world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.